Hey girl, you are amazing and you possess this unique inner awesome that the world so desperately needs. And guess what? Your body size has nothing to do with that. But I get it. I spent way too many years living in insecurity and I have spent the last decade working with women just like you who have struggled with the same. And when it comes down to it, I think our amazingness becomes all too easily eclipsed by two things. Body bullying, which in turn impacts how we take care of our body. Whether it's over or under eating, over exercising or not moving at all, moving from dieting to anti-diet culture, girl, the pendulum just keeps swinging. I started this podcast because it's time to break up with body bullying and find a way to live balanced in your body. I'm Jess, a body bully warrior, registered dietitian, and food freedom guru. I believe that when we stop letting culture define health, beauty, and what we should and shouldn't eat, we are finally free to live in our own bodies. This podcast is just one of the many resources I have for you ladies. Be sure to head on over to JessBrownRD.com. Check out my ebook, e-course, supplements, meal plans. Guys, I've got so much more for you, and I'm adding to that list on the daily. Are you ready to channel your inner awesome at a whole nother level? Grab a cup of coffee, lace up those running shoes, and let's dive in to today's show. What's up, friends? I am so excited today. I have a super special guest for you guys, Emily Nichols. Her and I recently connected. She had me on her incredible podcast, which we're going to talk about. And she is on here today to share her knowledge. Ladies, she is host of the Self-Transformed podcast. It's about redefining self-care through simple fitness, nutrition, and mindset habits for busy working moms. From her own struggles, Emily finally found the solutions to feel empowered, confident, and how to live a healthy lifestyle that doesn't feel hard or like another thing on your to-do list, which I so appreciate because we don't need any more of those things on our list through the power of habits, which is what we're going to be unpacking today. Emily is now on a mission to redefine self-care and equip other women with these sustainable tools to help transform your life from the inside out and start putting yourself first without guilt. Emily is also a mom, a boy mom, Certified personal trainer, Orange Theory coach, behavior change specialist, and Taco Tuesday enthusiast. Emily, welcome to the show. Jess, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you again for having me. It's such an honor. So you're a boy mom. So do you live in a world of like frogs and lizards and farts? Yes. Yes. So my nine-year-old just went back for the first day of school and he's like the biggest outdoorsman. And he had to bring in a picture of the first day of school of him feeling his most awesome. So he brought in a picture of him holding a bunch of frogs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I absolutely so yes. love it. Yes. Yes. You yes. get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now we're going to be unpacking the concept of habit stacking, which I'm super excited to talk about because this term is a newer term to me, but before we dive into what habit stacking is and how to build it into our lives, can you tell us a little bit about how redefining your relationship with self-care really helped you unleash your inner awesome? Yeah. Yeah. And I love this unleashing my inner awesome. I love that so much. So, you know, for me, I never really had a self-care routine per se. You know, like you said, I'm a boy mom. My boys are 13 and nine, but I don't really feel like I started really taking care of myself until about six years ago. And it came from a place of overwhelm, burnout, stress, trying to, you know, make these amazing dinners and have like, you know, elaborate birthday parties for my kids Uh. where they didn't really care. And just trying to climb the corporate ladder. And I was dealing with that in 
unhealthy ways. So I really just started like my show says redefining what movement looked like to me, redefining how I was feeling my body and not abusing food, but eating in a way to love myself and really surrounding myself with people that were like-minded like me, filling my mind with personal development, listening to wonderful podcasts and books. And from there, it was like a light bulb moment. It was like, I just created my own self-care routine. (laughs) And I always saw self-care before that as like bubble baths and manicures. Right. I think self-care kind of has a bad rap in that way. And girl, there's nothing wrong with that stuff. Give me, (laughs) I'll take a massage and manicure anyways, but I see it more so as um, proactive self-care, doing some of the hard things every day to take care of yourself versus like reactive self-care where you're Mm. just reacting to when you're, you're stressed out and you're turning to some, maybe an unhealthy habit to make yourself feel better. So over that time, you know, and it was a, it was a process. It was probably over a year time. I realized I developed my own self-care routine and now I help other women do the same thing, but really just see self-care in a different way. And like you mentioned, figure out how to make self-care work in your super busy schedule. Cause they're wearing all the hats, but as I dug deeper into my own self-care routine and how to make it stick, you know, cause I was the queen of starting something on a Monday and then being done with it by <laughs> Friday, if not right. sooner, but how to actually make it stick. So I dug really deep into habit research. I could geek out on habits all day long because I was like, well, it's one thing to say, I'm going to do this, but how to actually logistically make it work in your schedule. And from there, that's really just unleashed my own awesome and helping me feel my best from my inside out. And thus I'm able to better show up for my family and my clients because of that. So that makes me feel super awesome, but it's a process it, and it didn't happen overnight. That's for sure. Wow. That's amazing. I love what you said about doing the hard things on the daily instead of reactive self-care. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's really powerful because so many of us do that where we get to the breaking point and we're like, I can't take it anymore. I need to drink wine in the bathtub, which again is not, you know, it's wonderful, but yes. at the same time, like that doesn't actually help us take better care of ourselves. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you hear like, oh, I need to like, you know, lay on the couch and binge watch Netflix. And sometimes you might need to do something like that or like, you know, sometimes we mindlessly scroll social media. Like I love to watch like funny dog videos <laughs> because <laughs> it makes my heart happy, but there's a way to do it in a healthy way without it. Like you said, being so reactive and as a way to kind of band-aid maybe actual emotions that you're feeling. I love that. I love that. Now, how did you, how did you start integrating some of these habits without making it feel overwhelming? Like you already had so much on your to-do list. You had two boys, you were working, like, how did you start just dipping your toe into this? Yeah. So, you know, as I just kind of discovered, you know, like you said, I'm a personal trainer. I actually coach at orange theory and run my own programs as well. Um, but I started getting up early in the morning to start movement, movement of any kind for me is a very high form of self-care. It's a really great way to take care of my body. Um, first and foremost, emotionally and spiritually, because sometimes I feel like I hear God in a workout. Sometimes. I totally get that. 
Like I am riding my Peloton and I'm just like, yes, I hear you. And I'm sweating and like dying at the same time. So for me, that's just, you know, I was getting up before my kids did and I was going to bed earlier in order to have quality sleep to be able to get up. And I was just, you know, just doing slow little movements like that over time. But I was doing things such as setting my workout clothes out the night before that way it was there. And there was a visual cue for me, like, okay, as soon as I get up, it's there and I'll go do my movement. And then I go about my day and slowly over time, I adopted some other small little, like tiny micro habits throughout my day to take care of myself where it didn't feel so overwhelming. I mean, I'm sure you see it too, Jess, where everyone's talking about, Oh, like hashtag morning routine. And it's Mm -hmm. like 10 things long. And I'm like, I don't got time for that. Like, (laughs) That's overwhelming. It's too overwhelming. So you kind of have to think about it as what can you kind of incorporate throughout your day? Small little things that don't take a lot of brain power. It's just like an unconscious behavior now, just like brushing your teeth is. Right. Oh gosh. I love that. Cause I do know the morning hashtag morning routine. I have clients that like are trying to add some stuff in and then it's just so overwhelming that they already feel like they've failed and then it sets them up for failure. Yeah. When you try to take on too many things at once, you're not going to succeed at them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in such a hurry to, you know, live up to like the social media standards of all these people doing these elaborate morning routines, but you know, they're not showing the behind the scenes work that that took a really long time and that, Mm -hmm. oh, they failed or, oh, that morning routine maybe isn't working for you anymore. And you need to pivot because your schedule changed or you're just in a hard season of life and that needs to look different. Um, and we just need to give ourselves more grace and patience over time in order to make that work. I love that. Now you're probably already dipping into this topic already, but can you tell me what is this concept of habit stacking? Yeah. So like I said, I could geek out on habits all day oh, long. Please do. Please <laughs> yes, do. Yes, yes. Yes. So, you know, the way habit stacking works is pretty much you have some type of behavior you're doing, some type of habit you're doing every day without fail. So such as brushing your teeth. Or for me, without fail, I always get up in the morning and I let my dogs out. And after I let my dogs out while they're outside, I automatically start making my coffee. Mm-hmm. And that's something I just did over time. And then I was like, okay, well, what can I add in to something I'm already doing that doesn't take a lot of effort? And I was like, well, I like to drink some water in the morning before I drink my coffee. So I started setting out like a special cup I would fill up with water right by my coffee pot. So I would come downstairs let the dogs outside start my coffee. And as it was brewing, I would just chug my water. So there was a visual cue there and I was stacking it on top of something I was already doing. Now, did I do it every day the first week? Yes. Did I do it every day the second week? No, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so it took time and it kind of took trial and error to see, to see how that would work over time. You know, you hear, you always hear like, oh, it takes 21 days to form a habit. And that's true, but it actually takes about 90 days for it to be mm. a lifestyle though, right? Oh, for wow. it to be an unconscious behavior. And that's like three months. Yeah. So that takes a while and trial and error before it just becomes an unconscious behavior. So I stacked it on top of something I was already doing. And like I said, it doesn't take a lot of brain power. We have so many things going on in our heads. And if it feels like it's going to be hard and take up a lot of mental capacity, we're not going to do it, or we're going to do it for a little bit, but not consistently. Right. It'll just be the, the 21 days if we're lucky. And then it doesn't actually stick. Yeah. 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 Uh. So it's 
time. It takes time for sure. But yeah, it's just finding little things within your day. And kind of what I recommend to my clients is maybe do like a time audit, write down every single thing you do within a day, the tiniest little things, even going to the bathroom or, oh, I always do this at this time of day, or my kids get off the bus. Like my son gets off, my youngest gets off the bus like at four. And I usually sit on the front porch and wait for him. And usually um, we'll listen to a podcast or just sit out there and with my dogs. And I'm like, okay, what can I stack on top of that, that I do every day without fail and see what happens. Gosh, I love that idea. Yeah. I'm thinking of doing a time audit and already that gives me this feeling of empowerment. Like, oh, I bet I could find time to make some of the changes or add in some things I'm wanting because yeah. How many times do I have free time in between? Like you wait for your son. I know like I usually wait for my kids to get ready when I have to take them to school or take them to whatever swim lessons we're doing. And there's at least 15, 20 minutes there where I just, I'm not really doing anything intentional. So, oh, I love that idea. The time audit. That's cool. Yeah. And what's really interesting about it too, Jess, you'll find a lot of time wasters in your day. I believe it. Oh <laughs> man. I feel like exposed just thinking of it already. It's eye-opening. That's where she, I, had, I had a client say, she goes, Emily, I showed that she had high school aged kids. She goes, I showed to my kids what I did in a day. And they were like, oh, oh my gosh, mom, look at what all you do today. And she was like, yeah, we could use. And then she was like, oh, I, wow. and I set up some boundaries and asked for some help on some things. And it was really great data for her to have and for her to share with her family too. But, you know, most of the time I hear from my clients, one of their biggest challenges is time. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to do things. So instead of thinking about like one big, huge thing you have to do in order for to have to do self-care, think of tiny little things that you can do throughout the day to love yourself that don't take a lot of time. I love that. I love that. Now, when someone is trying to implement a new habit or trying to implement these habit stacking techniques that you're talking about, what's one of the biggest obstacles you notice women come or bump into when they're trying to do this? Yeah. So Like I said, the biggest challenge I hear is time, but second is guilt. They feel guilty for taking time for themselves. So, you know, so even if it's just 15 minutes of, oh, I'm just going to go, you know, like last year during 2020, when my kids were home, a lot of the times halfway, like when my husband would get home from work, I would go for a walk by myself. And that was turning into a new habit. And my kids were like, Oh, can we go with you? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Come with me. Or I would walk the dog. And then some, eventually I was kind of like, I kind of want to go by myself. <laughs> yeah. After being at home all day with them. Love you. Kind of want to go by myself. Yeah. And I felt guilt for even like telling like my sweet little nine-year-old, I'm like, no, you're not going to walk as fast as me. And like, you're going to be stopping to ride your bike and do this and do that. Like, this is just time for me to, you know, take care of myself so I can better take care of you. And I felt terrible for saying that, but in reality, he was like, okay, you know, most of the time they don't care. We, we take on the guilt more so than what's necessary when really our kids and our, our spouses, our partners really aren't as invested in that as we are. So you know, giving yourself a little bit of grace and telling, explaining why you're taking time for yourself, you know, is important. It validates it, it for you and to your family and good golly, you're showing your kids the importance of taking care of yourself too, and mirroring that for them for when they get older. And even, you know, I have a 13 year old and he, he's learning the value of what self-care looks like for him right now too. And, you know, 
it's okay to take time for yourself, but the guilt just kind of gets in the way sometimes. Oh, the guilt, the mom guilt is just, (laughs) it's such a challenge, but I really appreciate you saying that because it does do a few things that sets you up to come back like from your walk. I'm sure you were a different person. Like you come back and you got the patience for the kids again. You're more present because you've taken a pause. Um, And then I love the, what you said about modeling for your kids. Like this is how you take, it's okay to prioritize yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, even just besides guilt, you know, seasons will change in your life. Your schedule will change, you know, like we're recording this in August. My kids just went back to school. A lot of folks, their kids are going back to school and your, your schedule changes. And sometimes that shifts things Mm -hmm. within the normal habits you're doing every day. And you may have to readjust that and that's okay. And be open to readjusting versus just throwing your hands up in the air and being like, well, my schedule is just out the door and now I don't have time to do anything. Like reevaluate and be okay with pivoting with what that looks like in that season of your life. Well, yeah. And especially coming off this last year, because I know, you know, with the pandemic and being home, I feel like I've always prided myself on being a mom that did really well, like turning on for work and then turning work off and coming home and being with my kids. But when those boundaries were blurred, I had a really difficult time and it was about gosh, February when I was like the mom guilt was really bad, but it was a different kind of mom guilt than I'd ever experienced because it was, I felt guilty for not wanting to play with my kids as much as I normally had. And my husband looked at me and was like, well, Jess, you've been with them nonstop for the last 24 or 24 hours a day for the last year, you know? And so at that point, I had to readjust my self-care and actually give myself a little bit more time away from the kids because I hadn't had it. It was like I was making up for a little bit of it. And again, it's like, love you. I loved, there was a lot of benefits of being around you so much, but it, it kind of, it drained my cup a little bit more than I think I had recognized. Um, but it took me a really long time to not feel guilty about that. It took me a really long time. So I love your tools on, you know, trying to overcome that guilt. But what do you say to the moms that are like, I just, I hear you. Like, I, I understand the importance of self-care. I do want to model that. But even if I prioritize it, like when I go on my walk without my kids, like I can't shake that guilt feeling. Do you have any of those that just can't shake it? Yeah, sometimes. And you know, mom guilt's real. Like, you know, I talk about it a lot with my clients and I'm like, I still have it like Mm -hmm. all the time over small little things. And I'm like, why do I feel guilty? And I think it's just in our nature to be nurturing and to be there for everybody else. And kind of like you were saying, Jess, are you pouring from such an empty cup that they're just getting what is barely left over? We want to be overflowing. We want a big picture that is just overflowing. So you're able to show up 110% for them. You know, would you rather be impatient, short with your kids, Mm -hmm. not present, or would you rather come from a place where like it's overflow Mm -hmm. It's the overflow that they're getting versus a dried up picture where there's barely anything left. And, you know, doing some strategies, like we talked about with that, with the habit stacking is a really great way because it makes it not so loosey goosey, like, Oh, I'm going to you know do self-care. Like there's some strategy behind it and some logistics to make it work, but, you know, letting them know the importance of why you're doing this is so important. Like we just mentioned, because it's really going to let them understand the importance of doing it, but it's re it's validating it to yourself as well. And that takes time, you know, that could be as something as simple as 
to overcome it, journaling it or talking to like another mom about it or a Mm -hmm. friend or, um, your husband for that matter. And just, you know, they're probably going to talk you down and be like, Hey, it's okay. (laughs) You know, and if think of it opposite directions too, if a friend came to you and says, Oh man, I feel so guilty for taking time for myself away from my kids. What would you say to that friend? Mm -hmm. You would, you should probably say that to yourself too. Right. We can give grace to others, but it's harder to give it to ourselves. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. Okay. So time and guilt are the two biggest obstacles that we face when trying to implement a new habit. What if someone isn't enjoying a new habit that they've established? Like they add it and they're thinking, "Eh," like rewind. I don't like this. Yeah. I mean, give it, give it a couple of weeks. If you're like, I don't like the way I'm doing this. So a couple of things, think about doing it during a different time of day. So like for me, like I said, movement is a big form of self-care for me. I do it first thing in the morning. Someone may listen to this and be like, there is no way I'm getting up early before my kid. I'm (laughs) going to do it, you know, midday for me, a midday workout. Like I haven't got my workout in today and I'm kind of like kind of crawling in my skin a little bit right now because it's a, a big, um, a piece of movement for me right now and or self-care for me. And I haven't been able to do it today, which is okay, but it may not happen later if I don't do it, but, you know, reevaluate the time you're doing, but, but also think about why are you doing it? There has to be a reason a why to why you're doing some type of self-care activity. Like I said, the movement example for me, it helps me feel great emotionally, spiritually, Hey, I feel like I did something hard. If I did it like a harder workout or maybe just even a, a nice flowy workout opens up my mind and it helps me throughout the rest of my day. That's why I'm doing it. If I'm, if you're just like, oh, I'm working out because I saw someone else like working out and I think I should mm-hmm. work <laughs> right. out. Then don't do that. Do, do something else or do a different type of movement or just like, you know, have some prayer devotional time, but instead of that, so there has to be a why to it, but also look at the time of day you're doing it and reevaluate that and switch it up. I love it. I love it. Cause it's, it's evaluating the why behind the, the how, which is, we talk about that on this show a lot is like we do values-based nutrition goal setting, which is getting your values in alignment with what your health goals are. And if you've got that clear, then you can, it's not like a hands up. I'm done with this habit. I'm not going to do it. It's, it's like, how can I readjust it? How can I reevaluate putting this in a better place that better supports my lifestyle instead of the all or nothing thinking. I love that. I love that. Got to know the why. Now you have, I know listening to some of your show and your interviews, you have some specific fab five habits that you like to recommend. What are those fab five habits? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I was calling them like just the um, daily five and my clients started calling them the fab five. I love it. Like, I love that so much more. I love it so much more. So, and I was kind of sneaky and doing it just to kind of give you a behind the scenes look of what we do. So these are keystone habits, which keystone habits are small little things that you do that kind of have a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. They encourage other healthy habits to happen, but they're very small, tiny things. So my fab five, number one is 10,000 steps a day because we are so butts in our seat behind the laptop all day long, especially with so many people working from home too. So get up and move. It's just, it just feels good. Mm -hmm. It just feels good instead of sitting all day, making sure you're drinking enough water. I think a lot of times we might feel a little cranky because we're dehydrated during the day. (laughs) Um, um, definitely gratitude morning and 
evening, first thing when you wake up and last thing before you go to bed. I personally use a gratitude journal and I move it. I put it in the bathroom when I go to bed. So it's there in the morning. I, after I go to the bathroom, it's right there and I just do it in my bathroom. Then I go and put it on my nightstand. So it's there right by my nightstand when I go to bed at night. It's a visual cue and I've stacked it on top of other things in order to do it each morning and night. Um, obviously quality sleep. Like I said, I get up early to work out, but if I did not go to bed at a decent hour, or if I haven't been well rested, I will not get up early to do my daily movement because it will not be a great (laughs) movement session for me because I don't have quality sleep. And the last one is some type of movement every day. It doesn't have to be a hard workout. It could just be playing with your kids. It could just be walking outside. It could be like a fun, like yoga flow you found on YouTube for free. There's such a beauty, like I said, to movement to kind of open, especially it opens you up. Like if you're, you know, getting ready to sit down to a bunch of emails for work, or maybe you're getting ready to have a hard conversation. It gets those endorphins going. And I feel like it kind of opens up your mind a little bit more versus coming from a place of just stuck behind your computer all day again. So those are the fab five and, um, my clients do it right from the get-go and they start working with me and then they realize, oh, these tiny little things can snowball into other areas of your life too, as far as healthy habits go. I love that. So get 10,000 steps, drink enough water, practice gratitude, quality sleep, and get some form of movement. It doesn't have to be like a gnarly CrossFit sweat session or orange theory right. session, right. but get some, like play with your kids. I love that. Cause it's a foundation and you're starting from this place of like getting the basic essentials of real self-care, not bubble bath and wine self-care, but really self-care laid. So then you can start doing the, the other things. Yeah, exactly. It's just taking care of your basic needs really when you look at it. I, which is something that we don't do. I mean, and I see this specifically in nutrition where I'll have clients come in that are like, what's the latest diet? You know, what should I do? Keto? Should I do intermittent fasting? And they're wanting to know the secret to success, but they're not eating protein or they're not eating fruits and vegetables. Like they're not doing the basics. They're not drinking water. (laughs) And it's like, no, start with these basics. And I love your approach, Emily, of like, let's start with these basics and let's make them habits. Let's not just make them something that we're setting a goal for, you know, 21 days. Let's actually make them lifestyle habits and see what they transform into over time and how there's a snowball effect. I love that. Yeah. Well, and just empowers empower somebody, you know, it's these small little wins. And that's where like the whole self-transformed concept comes from. Everyone's looking for some type of inside out transformation. We're always in a season of transformation and change, but to be self-transformed, to feel empowered by just doing these small little wins every day leads to massive transformation over time. I love that. I love that. Now, if someone wants to get more information on your self-transformed university, self-transformed you, is that yes. a self-transformed yeah. you, not university? <laughs> um, how can they reach out to you? How can they learn more about what you have to offer? Cause it's super cool. And I want to make sure everyone listening has, um, knows how to connect with you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Jess. Well, you can come on over to selftransformu, the letter u.com to learn more about the programming. It really, like you said, just helps develop a health plan for women that actually sticks rooted in habit strategies like we talked about. But also you can come listen to Self-Transformed wherever you like to listen to your podcast and you can connect with me on Instagram at Emily Nichols Tutu. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for sharing your secrets to habit stacking. I'm like already racking through my brain thinking, okay, 
versus like inventory of my time. Cause I know that's huge for me. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to be messaging you here in a bit. Like I'm embarrassed, Emily. I found like three hours in the day, <laughs> but I'm going to do this inventory of my time and then try to figure out how to put in some of the behavior changes that I've been wanting to make. But I just, I so appreciate you sharing your knowledge and then your fab five habits. It's just groundbreaking. And I know people who lay that foundation are going to do awesome things because it sets them up for success. Super cool work you're doing. Uh, thanks so much for coming on today. Oh, thanks, Jess. It was an honor to be on here. Thanks all for that you're doing as well. You're doing amazing things. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.